0: The Rangers' dominant lineup from 2023 is set to return nearly everybody in 2024, but the one person they won't be returning at this point is Mitch Garver. Should the Rangers bring him back, and what should the Rangers do at DH if they don't bring him back? We're talking about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan, covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into the DH options on the free agent market internally with the Rangers, looking at what this lineup will look like next year this episode is brought to you by fanduel make every moment more right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduel.com locked on to get started now the rangers had one of the best lineups if not the best lineup in the american league last year one of the best lineups in all of baseball and almost everybody is coming back the one everyday starter who at this point is not a free is not coming back. Who is a free agent is Mitch Garver, the Rangers DH slash backup catcher. And at this point, if the Rangers don't sign any bats, which I don't think is is a real possibility, I don't think they're going to sign that many impact bats necessarily, unless they get obviously Shohei Otani. But at this point, I think their internal options are, are looking pretty solid. But Solid isn't what the Rangers settle for. Great is what the Rangers have been going for recently. Obviously, their needs are a little bit bigger in the bullpen and in the starting rotation. Uh, they will probably be the primary focus for what the Rangers are doing uh, in free agency. But I think that DH is, is something the Rangers will look at, even though they do have some pretty good internal options. Now, obviously, I think the Rangers' top choice if they go on the free agent market is Shohei Otani. Duh whoa wow one of the best hitters in baseball who's a dh would be a really great option for the rangers at dh that have a hole at dh yeah obviously and feels like a pretty um solid fit and i've talked extensively about why shohei is a fit as a hitter as a pitcher all that good good stuff if you want to go look at that then go check out some other previous episodes because i'm not going to get into that too much right now as opposed to just saying obviously shohei is the top choice if the rangers do go get a free agent dh duh now the next choice, I think there are some pretty good DH options here. Um, I'm a little worried about the Rangers committing long-term to a DH because that's usually uh, never a, a great deal for your signing guy to primarily be a DH. And DH is really the only spot where the Rangers, the next three years, have any openings in the field. Because as of right now, right field's blocked down for the next three years with Oles Garcia. First base the next three years with Nathaniel Lowe. Second base... Shortstop, third base, catcher, center field, left field as well, and pretty much all of it is locked up. And even the the backup roles. I mean, there, there's not a whole lot of room for adding bats to this offense. But again, I think the Rangers are still most definitely going to look. And I think for me, if the top option isn't Shohei Otani, I think bringing back Mitch Garver would be a a smart deal for the Rangers as a backup catcher slash DH because. I mean, having a guy on your roster that is just a DH, it's, it's if they're a great DH, it's not a waste of a roster spot. If they're like, I don't know, you know, Vladdy Guerrero in 2010, uh, if they're like, well, Mitch Garver was this year for the Rangers, or if they're your super utility DH, like Michael Young was back in 2011, that's not a waste of a roster spot. That's a guy who can do many things for you. But if you're just getting a DH, that's kind of... You know, not a whole lot of flexibility, not a whole lot of a guy who can do a whole bunch of different things for you. And there are only so many roster spots and having a guy who literally just DHs. And if he's a good DH, then you can't give your best hitters days off as often because you want that DH bat in there all the time. And that person doesn't play the field. So it's not ideal. But having a guy like Mitch Garver, I think is very helpful. It gives you some catcher insurance if you know, say Jonah Heim were to go down with an injury like he did this year, having Mitch Garver step up there, it was absolutely huge for the Rangers. What he did this year was absolutely sensational 80 87 games for the Rangers this year an 870 ops and on base of 370 and slugged 500 and in the second half he was just on another celestial plane with how incredibly good he was in 61 games in the second half he had a 909 ops 15 home runs in 58 games started and 243 plate appearances the guy was just absolutely Unreal for the Rangers when they needed him the absolute most. And also in the month of August, when the Rangers were scuffling badly, he just stepped it up. He and Corey Seeger were basically the only reason that the Rangers won almost any games in the month of August. In that month, he played in 24 games, 100 plate appearances, 8 home runs, a 302, 394, 628 sl- uh, slash line, and a 1022 OPS. The guy was nuts. And in the postseason, he was also very good for the Rangers. He 751 OPS tied for the third most home runs on the team with three home runs. Also had a pair of doubles, had that huge grand slam, had six walks, 14 RBIs, which were second most on the team in that World Series run and had some very clutch hits, including the game winning RBI in the World Series clinching win in game five. Some big moments for Mitch Garver all throughout the playoffs, including that Grand Slam. And even if his time in Texas is done, he will be a World Series hero for the Rangers forever for what he did in the playoffs. Um, And he's projected to get three years, $30 million, that's $10 million a year as a guy who's going to be going into his age 33 season. He is a guy who obviously has a lot of injury concerns. He's only played more than 100 games once in his career. That was back in 2018. He was more of a DH than a catcher this year. Did step up as a catcher in Jonah Heim's absence in the month of August and that is really what kind of got him going to another level offensively. He was pretty solid for most of the year, but once he had a few games behind his his belt under his belt as a catcher, he only caught 27 games or 28 games this year and DH for 57, the Rangers primary DH this year. He was very very good and I think that he fits well in this lineup. His on base is very good. He does strike out a little bit, but he walks at an elite rate as well. And it has got insane raw power. And he's not horrible as a catcher. Like he's not terrible. He's, he's fine, especially as a backup catcher, as a primary DH. I think that's a role that's just fine. I mean, he missed significant time for the Rangers. This year, with a hamstring injury um, in the first couple of months of the season, he, he did not play all that much. Didn't really come on until June. And then after the All-Star break is when he really started heating up for the Rangers. I think it's, it's it makes sense for the Rangers. Maybe three years is a bit much, and maybe someone will pay him a little bit more than that if they view him as a primary catcher. Uh, which I don't know how many people will be doing that since he's you know, going to be 33 and he has had this long history of injuries. Um, but still, if the Rangers can bring him back on a deal like that, maybe two years, uh, $20 million, $25 million, I think would feel more comfortable than three years, 30 mil. But, again, I think that is a smart option for the Rangers. I know they would love to have him back. He's a great guy in the clubhouse. He's already won a ring with the Rangers. Why not come on back and try and win another? Because he was a huge part of that Rangers offense that won the whole gosh darn thing. Coming up, we're going to look at a few other external options. Some potential trade options, but they don't really make sense. And, of course, the Rangers' internal options as well. Right after this, right from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I mean, there are all kinds of different sports that are going on right now. If you want to bet on the NFL and the Cowboys to go win a Thursday night game, you can go do that that as well you can bet on the Mavericks you can bet on the Stars all of them are doing oh well, relatively pretty well the last couple weeks so go to fanduel.com/lockedon and kick off the NFL season FanDuel official partner of the NFL Shout out to the update for being locked on, Rangers, your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, I'll be doing a mailbag edition, so get your questions in in the YouTube comment section or on Twitter as well. Now, let's take a look at some of these other external options. There are quite a few good free agents, DHs, on the market, and I think the Rangers will definitely poke the tires on quite a few of these guys. The next is Jorge Soler, who's projected for a four-year, $57.7 million contract, according to Track. He's 32 years old, coming off of his... His first All-Star season is a two-time World Series champion, one-time World Series MVP. That deal is a about $14 million per year for a four-year deal for a guy going into his age 32 season. But he's got a long history of success, and he's been, you know, fairly healthy for the most part in his career. And 2019 in Kansas City he had a fantastic year a 48 homer season this year he was very very good in Miami a big part of the reason why they made the playoffs a big part of their offense 36 home runs for him 853 OPS which was absolutely sensational in 137 games also had 24 doubles a 341 on base percentage just a very good season, and I think I might have already said it, but 36 home runs, which is the second most in his career. He won a World Series in 2016 with the Chicago Cubs, then spent the next few years in Kansas City, then he was traded mid-season twenty 2021, to the Braves, where he went on an absolute tear with Atlanta, both in the regular season and in the playoffs, 55 games there in Atlanta in 2021, had 14 home runs and an 882 OPS, a little bit of a down year, first year signing that contract in Miami, but the next year, which was this most recent year, he really turned it on and was an absolute star for them, Hitched the ball incredibly hard, but He is going into his age 33 season. I think that he'd be a great DH, but committing four years to a guy (coughs) who is not going to play the field all that much and, you know, plays outfield when he does play the field. And the Rangers have a glut of outfielders who have, uh, are, young and controllable and and pretty darn good and, um, you know, have a lot of years of control and I I just don't see the Rangers really making a move for him. I think it'd be a great signing if they did, if they were going to get one bat, I think this would be a very, very good bat to have. But again, there's plenty of reinforcements coming along the way and plenty of spots locked up. So I think anything over a, you know, two-year deal, maybe three years at the most for a guy who's going to play DH, any guy who's going to play DH, no matter how good they are, I think the Rangers might be hesitant to go in on that. Next guy on my list is JD Martinez, who is 36 years old, coming off a really good year with the Dodgers. He's projected to get a one-year $15.4 million deal. He has been one of the better hitters in baseball for a long time, 13 years in his career. He's got 874 career OPS and on base for his career of 350. He's coming off a 33 homer season in 479 plate appearances with the Dodgers. Was an all-star again this year for the sixth time in his career and the third straight time, an 893 OPS for him on the season. Just a very, very good year. There are some concerning signs though. He had been a guy who walked quite a bit in his career and didn't strike out a whole ton, but this year the strikeout rate was way up. The walk rate was way down down. He was still hitting the absolute crap out of the baseball. I mean, you look at his average exit velo, barrel percentage, hard hit rate, sweet spot, all those in the top 3% of baseball. You throw in the expected slugging percentage, that's in the top 4% of baseball. So still hitting the ball very hard being very good offensively, but just some of those underlying numbers give me just a little bit of pause this year. His walk rate was down to 7.1% in his career. It's down 2% from his career average. Uh, in 2022, if he had struck out 24% of the time, it jumped up 7%. So he's in the bottom 9% of the league in his strikeout rate. So again, a guy getting a little bit older going into his age 36 season, if the Rangers do sign a guy. I think that this, if, if they don't sign Mitch Garver, I think he might be my ideal option. Still a little bit of concern there with with some of the peripherals and him getting uh, just a little bit older. But again, he has been incredibly consistent offensively. I mean, he was a big part of that Dodgers offense that was just so incredibly good all season long. And he's got that consistent track record of being incredibly good. That is something that is very encouraging. A guy who has you know been there, done that. And I love that he got good as soon as he left Houston. That's absolutely um, delightful for, for me personally. But I mean, he's been good Pretty much everywhere he's been outside of Houston. I mean, the second he went to Detroit, he had a 9.12 OPS um, as, a, as a 26-year-old. He was an All-Star in Detroit. He was um, an All-Star in Boston several times. Uh, he was an All-Star in LA. He's just been good. Pretty much every single place that he has gone, he hits for power. He hits for average. He hits. He gets on base at a pretty solid rate. Not as much this year. I'd like to see him get back to that a little bit. Um, but still a guy who every team could use in the middle of their lineup, doing damage, protecting Corey Seager, and uh, maybe also doing a little bit of protection on uh, Adolis Garcia or whoever's up at the top of the Rangers' lineup. So a a good option, a little bit of concern with those peripherals, but again, on a one-year deal, I'm not really all that concerned. And it would also give some of the internal options a little bit more time, uh, particularly Wyatt Langford, just a little bit more time to not feel the pressure to have to get up by opening day um, and absolutely dominate in the Rangers' lineup. Because if he comes up to the big leagues, he's going to be asked to perform. And if he doesn't, and the Rangers don't sign any DHS, then I think the Rangers start to get, um, you know, he starts to get a little more pressure on him. Another guy on this free agent list, a guy who's getting a big contract that I don't think the Rangers are necessarily going to be in on, but someone who I think they'll definitely take a look at, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who we saw in the World Series performing pretty well, and uh, having one of the more memorable defensive attempts uh, that I've seen in the World Series of that triple that Marcus Simeon hit to left field, that little you know, two-second clip of, of Lourdes Gurriel just kind of like scampering on the ground, like crawling on his you know, on his hands on all fours, basically, because the ball kicked off the wall weird and got away from him, uh, but still a very, very good hitter, a guy who has been consistent, is kind of like Teoscar Hernandez, but doesn't strike out a whole lot, he hits uh, lefties very, very well, not that great in the field, but, you know, he's fine. Um, but he's projected a very large deal, five years, $73.4 million, about $14.6 million average annual value. He's going into his age 30 season, so still pretty young, pretty hefty contract. I don't think the Rangers will be in on him. I think that this hitting class is so weak that I don't see the Rangers, you know, bidding necessarily at the top end of the market unless, again, that's Shohei Otani. Um, so I think he's a little bit out of their reach, and... I would be fine with them passing on him. Another guy who is going to be one of the better hitters at the top of this market, that is Teoscar Hernandez, who is going into his age 31 season. He is projected to get four years, $66 billion, $16.5 million per year. Um, He is a guy who strikes out an incredible amount, and he is an incredibly hot and cold hitter. When he's hot, he is absolutely on fire, absolutely world-beating, but when he is not, it gets ugly. And it gets ugly real quick i mean he was a part of that seattle offense that at times would just go absolutely silent last year i don't think that seattle is going to look to bring him back um and i, I think a four-year deal at 66 million dollars kind of scares me his numbers outside of of seattle last year were were very good on the road I and mean, seattle is a very pitcher-friendly park so maybe part of it was just being in seattle but again That strikeout rate is so incredibly high. The walk rate is very, very low. You can have a high strikeout rate. That's fine if you walk as well. But he does not walk. He swings at a lot of things. Does not always make a lot of contact. When he does, it's pretty loud, hard contact. He's not terrible in the field, but... um, not a guy who is going to win any gold gloves, um, probably, so I think the Rangers might stay away from him as well. Another guy on this list, another former Ranger, Robbie Grossman, projected to get two years, $14 million, that's $7 million a year, going into his age 34 season. We all know the deal with Robbie Grossman. We know who he is. He hits lefties well. He does not hit righties well. He has just overnight became terrible in the field. I thought he would be at least fine, but um, we saw throughout the season the Robbie Grossman experiment in the outfield was uh, not fun, not fun at all, especially when you had several better options out there. Uh, it would also give Bruce Bochy the chance to uh, you know, play some of the hits of three-hole hitter Robbie Grossman, uh, which he played in the playoffs for a couple of games. I still can't really believe. I know that the whole deal of, of him you know, hitting Robbie Grossman third, um, or at least towards the end at least against left-handed starting pitchers was just to get Evan Carter in there but it still kind of blows my mind um he's fine um if the Rangers miss out on everybody on all of these options and uh, have literally signed no hitters and probably Grossman's still there i think that's a an okay option but again, having a guy who's primarily just DH on your roster doesn't give you a whole lot of flexibility, and I, I just don't really ever want to see Robbie Koshman <laughs> playing in the field uh, again because that's no bueno. It is not something that I'm looking forward to. Um, I am looking forward to not having to see that. Um, so, yeah, hoping that is where we can be uh, next year. The last guy on this list for free agents, uh, there is Tommy Pham, but I I just don't see it. But um, the last guy that I think is realistic is Justin Turner coming off a really solid season with the uh, Boston Red Sox who opted out of his contract. He has been uh, one of the more consistent hitters in baseball for quite some time, coming off a two-war season, 23 home runs, and 800 OPS, an OPS plus of 114, so 14% better than league average. Um <clears throat> it's fine. He's fine. Uh, he's not gonna play third base. He's not gonna play um the field if he comes to the Rangers, he's not gonna play first. Um, he he's was an all-star last in 2021. Um for his career, he's got an 829 OPS. He has been just fairly solid hitter in his career. That's just kind of who he is. Fairly solid hitter. His slash line this year, 276, 345, uh five four fit four fifty-five. So kind of around his career averages still at age 38, which is impressive. Um, I think there'll be more teams that are a little bit more desperate. It'd be like kind of a one-year deal, maybe in the seven to $11 million range. I think for him, Uh, I haven't seen any contract projections for him, but that's about uh, what I think he would get. He was solid in Boston. I wouldn't be surprised if he went back there. Um, But again, Signing a DH-only guy is just uh, not my ideal use for roster spot. Coming up, we're going to look at some of the uh, internal options for the Rangers, why I think those might be a little bit better of a fit, and uh, one trade that I think the Rangers might at least you know take a sniff at right after this word from our sponsors. Now, one trade that sounds absolutely insane, I don't know if the Rangers are going to be in the sweepstakes for this, but I I think they'll at least, you know, check in and see uh, what the deal is here. But Juan Soto is on the trading block. It feels like not officially, but almost officially, because Ken Rosenthal is saying it is not a matter of uh, if he will be traded. It is a matter of when Juan Soto will be traded. He is going to be a free agent at the end of this year, and he's coming off a phenomenal season that looked at the beginning like a down season but ended up just being absolutely sensational he played all 162 games finished sixth in mvp voting was an all-star silver slugger um, and had a 930 ops which is somehow below his career average because the guy has just been you know ted williams basically which is absolutely nuts to compare somebody to. And people were doing that at age 19 when he was somehow second in the Rookie of the Year voting and also won a World Series in his first year with the Washington Nationals. And uh, he was absolutely sensational this year. A 35, <laughs> career-best 35 home runs, 132 walks. He has led baseball in walks for each of the last three seasons. He is just absolutely sensational. There have been some <clears throat> some rumors that uh the The Mariners have been in on this as well. Um, I think it makes more sense for the Mariners. He's only got one year in a contract. Then he's absolutely going to be a free agent and command an absolutely just stupid big contract because he is a Scott Boris client. Uh, There's also some blinks of the Astros being in on this deal, which... I don't see. I talked a little bit about the Astros' future and, and how they don't have a whole lot of young talent to trade. There's also Jeff Passan who wrote an article about <laughs> about the the Astros, or just threw it in there, of, of Luis Robert being traded to the Astros from the White Sox, which makes absolutely no sense because Luis Robert is going to be, you know, he's going to command a Juan Soto-level deal because he's got four years of team control, including two club options coming off a, I think, Top, at least top 10 MVP season, um, and the Astros don't have any top 100 prospects or young, controllable, good players, really, that they would trade to go get Luis Robert, and it just kind of felt like an un- uncharacteristic Jeff Passant just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, which kind of threw me for a loop. But I digress. If the Rangers did go for a Juan Soto deal, it would probably start with Sebastian Walcott as the starting point, uh, probably also cost uh, Jack Leiter, Maybe Brock Porter as well. I know it's just for one year of Juan Soto, but I mean he's coming off what a six WAR season, uh, excuse me, five and a half WAR season as a guy who is not very good defensively. Like the guy is just insanely good, and if the Rangers want to go go nutso and uh, they they don't get Otani, I mean if they got Otani and then also traded for Juan Soto, I literally don't know what they do. Like that would just be uh, absolutely bonkers, um, and would just be honestly rude to everybody else but if they did go for one Soto deal I think they could do it but again they have such a glut of outfielders and DH options that I don't know that they should or necessarily will. now let's talk about some of those internal options uh obviously Wyatt Langford Ezekiel Duran I think are the top options I think Justin Foskew is also potentially an option at this point I think it would start with Ezekiel Duran I don't know I think the Rangers have to make an assessment. Uh, by themselves of or within themselves, I'm sure they already have um, about how ready Wyatt Langford is for Major League Baseball. If he's ready to just step in Opening Day and, and be an everyday player, then I don't think they sign a DH. I think they maybe sign Mitch Garver, um, but I think even then they'd be reluctant to spend what it's going to cost to get Mitch Garver um, if they've got already their everyday DH, who is not really a DH, is actually probably a pretty decent outfielder. Uh, but again, you've got your outfield spots all you know, wrapped up for the next, at least three seasons. You got Adoles and right for the next three seasons. You got leodi in center for the next uh, four or five seasons. You got Evan Carter in left field for the next six seasons, unless the Rangers want to trade. Um, probably leodi for young, controllable starting pitching, which again, I am not, you know, of in the camp that that's what they should do at this point. I think that Wyatt Langford should probably be your opening day DH. And if it's not him, if he's not quite ready for the big league to be in every day or just yet, uh, then put Ezekiel Duran in there. Cause I think Duran could be a very good DH for the Rangers. I mean, People forget about what he did in the first half because he fell off quite a bit in the second half and didn't play at all in the playoffs. But in that first half, he had 262 plate appearances, had 12 home runs, 308, 344, 526 slash line, a 870 OPS, and 16 doubles as well. The guy was just hitting balls in the gaps. He was playing great defense at shortstop and a little bit at third base whenever he was needed and a little bit in the outfield. And if he just got a position, I mean... I think he could be a really, really good hitter. And I think that he he ultimately ends up getting traded because there are not going to be a whole lot of at-bats for him. But if there are, then I think he's going to take advantage of it. I really do. I mean, he's very aggressive, and he, he got you know a little too aggressive towards the end of the season. He's not going to be a guy who walks a whole lot, but if he walked just a little bit, he's got a lot of that Adolis Garcia in him. Now, I don't think the raw power is, is nearly as as insane as it was Garcia's, but again, the guy just hits the absolute crap out of the baseball every single time. I mean, he doesn't look like he's all that big. I mean, he's he's not all that big. He's like 5'10", and uh, listed at 180, excuse me, 5'11", he's listed at and 185 pounds. But the way the ball comes off his bat is just absolutely different. Even at the end of the year, when he had all that really down second half, he still finished with an above average OPS plus, a 106 OPS plus an actual OPS of 768 like it was a solid solid season in 400 at bats 14 home runs like he was a very good hitter for the Rangers they do not make the playoffs without his contributions people might forget about him but I'm not going to forget about what Ezekiel Duran did and um you know with what Wyatt Langford is projected to do according to uh you know Fangraphs, it's honestly kind of terrifying for the rest of the league. And he's projected to get 94 games, hit 15 home runs, um, have a slash line of 262, 351, 458. That is an 809 OPS as a rookie. And what he did in the minors was just absolutely ungodly. 200 plate appearances, a 360, 480, 677 slash line, and 1157 OPS. And his first stint in minor league baseball after playing a full season of college ball where he went all the way to the college World Series, played as long of a college season as you could play, comes in and just dominates the complex league, dominates in Hickory, dominates in Frisco, absolutely kills it in Frisco. So much that he plays, you know, two weeks there and they're like, all right, let's get you up to Round Rock. And, you know, I think there was definitely some serious consideration of giving him his major league debut in the World Series. As much as Chris Young might laugh it off, I mean, Grant talked about how. White Langford was still, you know, taking, taking BP and, you know, staying ready and working out in Arlington just in case, just in case the Rangers needed him, which again would have been so freaking cool. I'm, I'm glad Travis Jankowski got his moment in uh, Game Four and Game Five. Um, but uh, it would have been really cool to see Wyatt Langford step up on the big stage, make his major league debut there. Maybe it had been too much pressure, but I don't know. The kid seems like he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders, and you know, he's just done everything the Rangers have asked of him. His swing decisions are great. His his defense is fine. He's a menace on the base pass. He just has ungodly raw power that he unleashes in games, and he does not chase. He does not swing and miss. like that. He's done everything you could ask in the minors, and he's going to be a really good hitter as soon as... This year in the big leagues, so I think at this point my ideal situation for the Rangers lineup is you know Evan Carter out there in left field, uh, Leodis in center, Adolis in right, and then at DH you have Wyatt Langford. I still don't think that Evan Carter is going to play every single day against lefties I think there's going to be a lot more off days there and then on those days you could DH Ezekiel Duran you could use Duran as a super utility guy to get uh, Josh Young the occasional day off of his feet you could use him to get Corey Seager the occasional half day or full day off his feet uh, well we know Marcus Simeon not going to take a day off his feet but if you want to get Nathaniel Lowe a day off you can play first base as well or if you want to just play him in the outfield um you can do that as well. I think the Rangers have a lot of options. And and Foskey, I think, you know, I think he's probably going to be traded because, again, I mean, look at these other spots, these guys who are ahead of him. It's not a disrespect on Foskey. who had a, a really good year in AAA last year. like Honestly, a really, really solid year. 18 home runs for him. He walked more than he struck out. He walked at a 15.1% rate and struck out at a 12.4% rate. Uh, that was both a career high in walk rate and career low in his strikeout rate at the highest level he's ever played at. I mean, he's solid. He is a solid hitter. Now, defensively, he's not that great. He might be a passable second baseman or passable left fielder or a not horrible third baseman. But again, the Rangers have Marcus Simeon for the next five years at second base. They have Josh Young for the next five years at third base. And in left field, they've got either Evan Carter or Ezekiel Duran or Wyatt Langford. So there's not necessarily a whole lot of room for him. And it's kind of why he's been basically on the trading block for the last couple of years. But again, I think the Rangers have some options at DH. If they go and sign a guy who is not Mitch Garver, I would like that to be J.D. Martinez. But again, I think Wyatt Langford is is so ready for the big leagues, and having that DH flexibility if they don't sign Otani, I think is going to be big because there are a lot of young guys jamming at the bit to get major league at-bats. And if Wyatt Langford is your everyday DH in 2024, the Rangers are going to be in a very good spot to repeat as champions. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy world series champion, Texas Rangers baseball.